This is Randall Dobbins with Business Partner Blueprint, where we provide strategic alliance education to help you quickly grow your business. And I'm welcoming you back to another episode of the Blueprint Pros podcast, where we discuss how to land big corporate clients. And today, I'm so wonderful, I can't stand myself. I want to thank you for sticking with us uh, for what now is part seven in this nine part episode titled The Pathway to your success. I want you to know I really appreciate you sticking in and listening with us so far. And I appreciate all the comments that we've been getting or that you've been giving me. It's very helpful. And I'm glad you're seeing value. And we've only got a few more left before we wrap this series up. But I want you to know I appreciate you sticking with us thus far. And if you're new to our podcast, welcome. Uh, By all means, you'll want to go back and start with number one, episode one, as to how we got into this. But clearly, you're going to want to uh, go back to part one of nine of this nine-part series. We really and truly are committed to helping you identify the pathway to your success that lands you the biggest contracts in the world for the purpose of building your legacy business that gives back. And so today's topic is the corporate opportunity. Do they take small businesses seriously? Do large companies take small business businesses seriously? And I don't really have a story for you on this one. I'm just going to share with you my observation from teaching this topic for well over 12, 14 years now. And what I'm going to share with you is something that I discovered in my classes, in the in the uh, workshops that I facilitate. And I can tell you, I primarily get three different types of individuals in the classes. And I'm going to be really, really specific. Not only do I get small business owners, but I get women small business owners or small businesses owned by women, small businesses owned by minorities, small business owned by a number of members of what's considered diverse communities or diverse suppliers. or And, and that's a category we talked about previously where most corporations have a supplier diversity department, uh, whether it's a part of supply chain, HR, or legal, it can reside in any of those three. In some cases, it actually is in community affairs, rare, but I've seen it there as well. But as an entity, all of these companies have an organization that is dedicated to increasing the opportunities uh, of small business owners of diverse backgrounds into uh, finding opportunities for them to participate in the corporate supply chain. And so it's been kind of interesting because we've talked about the mindset for success. We've talked about the various opportunities. We've walked through why corporate procurement may be a good option for you, either in conjunction with or uh, other than government procurement. And we've talked about the need for innovation and we've talked about how large an opportunity it is. But that aside we still have another issue. And it's the mindset based on people's reality that people bring to this market. So I'm going to tell you I have three different groups of individuals. Individuals typically fall into one of three groups. 
they come into our into uh, into my workshops, into my uh, my courses. The first group I'll describe as uh, the folks that look at a wall and they go, "That's a tall wall." Whoever built that wall didn't really want anybody to climb it. Don't they know? That 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 that's 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 just too hard. It's it's like the only reason they built that wall was to keep people out. And and that particular group, for a whole host of reasons, many of them which are justified in a reality that the individual you know you may have had, which is a number of people believe that big companies aren't serious about doing business with small companies. They're not serious about doing business with women-owned businesses, that it's a male-dominated environment that is not serious. Not They're only paying lip service to women-owned businesses. They aren't serious about doing business with minorities. They're only paying lip service to it, that it, it is, a, it is a, a supply chain that is primarily run by majority uh, whether that be white men or whatever, pick your country that, that that majority may be. And so there are people that look at corporate procurement and say, uh, it's, it's not worth it. Or they may have actually gone through the effort, knocked on some doors, had some doors closed on them, and just concluded that it wasn't worth it. And some, quite frankly, let's just be fair and honest, have been told that they didn't get business because they were a woman, they were small, or they were a minority. That has happened. I would argue that, you know, 30 years ago, uh, probably globally and clearly in the United States, 70% of the reason why a number of diverse businesses didn't get opportunities is because they were minority because they were women because they were gay lesbian owned because they were hispanic owned asian american owned indian owned disabled veteran owned that was the reason why they didn't get an opportunity i would tell you now uh in today's time that that's probably 30 percent of the reason why they're not getting opportunities uh, and don't 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 mistake what I'm saying. I, I want you to hear me clearly. I do believe that all of the isms, racism, sexism, and all the is, racist, sexist, misogynist, um, uh, homophobists, and everybody else under the sun are you, you know we're as long as you're doing business with humans, you're gonna have isms and is. And I don't know how long we get before that's no longer an issue. But I would tell you that, uh, in my experience, that's probably 30% of the reason why we're not getting opportunities or why you may not be getting an opportunity. And, and so, you know, once again, it's real. It's still happening. I don't want anyone in the sound of my voice. I don't want you, as you're listening to me, to believe that, that what I'm telling you is that somehow you're perceiving the world not really as it is and that we we've gotten past all of the nonsense from long ago it's like no some of that nonsense is real it's very present and uh you 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 know you live long enough you're going to be confronted with it but what we're talking about with regard to the mindset is how do you get past it and so that gets me to my second group 
the first group looks at the wall and they say, there's no way uh, they built it so people built that wall so high to, for keeping folks out. Now my second group looks at that exact same wall and they go, there's got to be a way. They go, I know the wall is high, but there's got to be a way. Other people have gotten over so, you know, I got to figure it out. I don't know if I need to grab some ladders. I don't know if I need to, you know, stand on somebody's shoulder. I don't know. But it's just like there's got to be a way and I'm going to figure it out. And so they come back and they have a different attitude in the class and they receive our material and whatnot in a slightly different way. They understand that, you know, if indeed um, 70 percent. Uh, if only 30% of the reason as to why you're not getting an opportunity with the big boys is because you are a woman or minority-owned business, then 70% uh, of the reason must be attributed to some other factor. In which case, there's it's probably something that they can overcome, in which case they decide they're going to do it. And oh, by the way, there is empirical evidence. You can look at the, in the U.S., the Small Business Association's website. I remember listening to the Commerce Secretary two years ago saying that the U.S., the uh, Small Business Administration had seen in their most recent data that $1.3 trillion was spent with minority businesses in the U.S. alone, $1.3 trillion. And now remember, you know, we I, I mentioned to you that the top 500 companies spend $30 trillion alone. Now, $1.3 trillion, that's a pretty paltry number. Uh, that number should be somewhere, it, it should actually be half, should be about $15 trillion or more. And of course, if you throw women business owners in there, it should probably be a be about 70%, so 21 trillion, to just, just if we're being candid and frank about the conversation. But 1.3 trillion is no small amount. And then, of course, if you look at um, the billiondollarroundtable.org, I believe, uh, you can do a Google search on Billion Dollar Roundtable. You can see who all the member companies are. And these are companies that spend a billion dollars a year or over a billion dollars a year uh, with diverse suppliers and I can't recall how many are in there right now I think the last time I checked there might have been 21 or 50 or some odd number but the number grows daily so it's like okay it, it is clear you know for the folks that are in the second camp that says you know okay yeah it's a tall wall but uh, people are getting over it and if I'm not getting there because I'm a diverse supplier, then what, 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 what do I really need to be doing? All right. Because other people have done it and they're, they're being highly successful at it. If you recall, I mentioned to you there's a company out of St. Louis that is, uh, uh, has sales, a uh, minority-owned business that has sales in excess of $9 billion annually. Uh, we've got a couple of minority-owned businesses in California that are doing over a billion each and you can look at uh, pick a magazine you can go to um, I think there's a Latino business daily I can't think of the name of it right now but uh, you got black enterprise 
You've got some women's magazines. You've got a whole host of magazines that will give you a profile of the companies, the largest companies within any group. And you'll see, you know, how many of them have sales in excess of a billion dollars. Uh, how many of them have sales in excess of a hundred million? How many of them have sales in excess of fifty million, over a million? Uh, uh, you know, if you look at the top fifty or five hundred ranked in every single category we're talking about, you're gonna see that there are people that are out there doing it, making it happen, and they're not necessarily pursuing one hundred percent government work either. They're doing it with the Fortune five hundred, and so you know we've talked about the first group that says wow that's a big wall and it was built to keep people out we've got the second group that goes well it's a big wall but there's got to be a way and then we have the third group the third group goes you know what let me redefine this whole thing and Maybe the wall's not so tall anyway. Maybe the wall really and truly is just a hurdle. It's just a matter of how I'm viewing it. And the question then becomes, what do I know about what goes on with walls so I can find the easiest way to get over it? And that's the profile of the three different folks. And I can tell you right now, the folks, the companies that end up in that third category I see them creating opportunities like there's no tomorrow and never looking back. The ones in the second group, it takes them obviously a little bit longer, but eventually they figure it out. The ones in the first group, it takes forever because the first thing that we end up doing is having to change their mindset about the wall. All right? Because it turns out that corporations do not have an active campaign to keep you out of their business. They don't. They have an active campaign to find a way to get you in. However, you have to meet them more than halfway. I don't know if you recall, two episodes ago, we talked about the fact that they have highly evolved processes and systems and those processes and systems need to be challenged for innovation uh, but those processes and systems have been part and parcel to making them successful so they aren't going to bring a new supplier in and blow up everything if they aren't convinced that a what the new supplier is offering will work B, they can implement it with little to no operational risk to the business. Now, I'm gonna, let's just be fair. Let's just be honest. A number of people, a number of companies got in before you even opened your business and they have ruined it for you. That's right. Uh, 20 years ago, when this really was a big, actually 30 years ago, I started doing this work in 1992. I was a minority woman business coordinator in 1992. Uh, and, and as a buyer, and I can tell you, I took a chance on some companies and it bit me in the ass. They oversold themselves and they failed. And it was a black eye for me with my internal clients. 
where anytime I said I wanted to bring in a new supplier for an opportunity, a small business, I start getting all kinds of pushback. And eventually, by the time we got to a manager uh, that that had the uh, the authority to override my choice, my decision, I would lose out because I didn't have a compelling business case as to why we should take the risk on an unproven company. Now, if you think about it, for your company, you would say the exact same thing. If you have a company that's doing something reliably, doing it uh, to expectation, then why would you bring in an unknown uh, just to see what happens? You're probably not going to do it. Okay. So the people who came in and didn't hit the mark, not only didn't hit the mark, didn't exceed the mark. They did not perform worth a darn. Uh, they have made it difficult for you and a whole host of other companies. That's just the reality. I need you to understand. That. I need you to know that, which is why when I say, you know, create what you haven't yet imagined by discovering what you don't know, what we talk about is what you don't know. Let me repeat. What we talk about is what you don't know. As I like to say, yes, there's a secret handshake and the people that know it aren't telling you, but they're not doing it to keep you out. They're doing it because they're building legacy businesses of their own. And that's their competitive secret. That's their competitive advantage. However, corporations are actually looking for you to come in, but they need you to be ready to do business. They need you to demonstrate that you know what you're doing and you can clearly succeed. They need for you to come in and be the supplier for today and tomorrow. All right. And that's why the folks in my third group that redefine the hurdle, they come in with the attitude of, well, what do I really need to know to succeed with this customer? How do I come in and hit a home run? How do I make it clear that I've got the solution they're looking for that will create the value they need and that I can handle the business and then some given the opportunity. That's it. That's your mindset. And so you might say, okay, Randall, I get it. I get it. I get it. All right. They do take us seriously. Absolutely. They take you seriously and they want you to succeed because your success is their success. Your failure is their failure. The last thing any buyer really wants to do is to tell a company, hey, uh, it's not going to work out. We're not renewing your contract. Uh, we need to cancel your contract. Uh, I got a complaint from somebody in the business unit. I got somebody, you know, I got head office talking about it. that. That's the last thing they want to do. Nobody wants to have that conversation. Nobody looks forward to that. Even the people who have gotten good at having those conversations don't want to have them. So, yes, they are serious about uh, doing business with you. They take small business seriously. This is not one of those things they pay lip service to. I mean, if it turns out that you're offering something that um, you're offering it in a way that they can't use it, then it, it, it seems like it's lip service. And hey, perception is reality. I get that. But if you offer it to them at the value they need, uh, you offer it to them the way they need it and you can demonstrate that you can handle the business, then you're never going to look back. They're looking for you and they're looking for anything else that you can bring in 
to help them. So yes, they take small businesses seriously. So there you have it for today. Stay tuned for uh, part eight. We're coming up. We, we only have two more episodes left. Part eight is the uh, corporate opportunity, the uh, small business financing. We're going to take just a little bit of a detour and talk about small business financing. So I think you're going to enjoy that one. I've got some good information to help you help you out on that. And if you recall in the last episode, I told you about our 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 uh, special announcement, our secret. And so I need you to mark your calendars for September 13th, 14th and 15th. And as a correction, I made a mistake in the last episode. The correction is uh, the dates are Friday the 13th, Saturday the 14th and Sunday, September the 15th. It's going to be three 30-minute uh, sessions. We're doing a, a free seminar, a free training. It'll go from 11 to 11.30 a.m. Central Daylight Time. And we're going to talk about Corporate Contracting 101. We're going to talk about the three things you must do to win business with big companies, five tips on building long-term business uh, by helping your customers overcome a downturn. We're going to talk about uh, five key techniques for successfully negotiating with uh, with the big boys. Uh, five ways to deliver customer value and get more revenue. Uh, we're going to talk about this this thing called disruption that's going on with every Fortune 500 company right now and how it's the number one friend of your business. And we're going to talk about uh, uh, the secrets to positioning your products in the right way and in the right place within the supply chain. Uh, help you work through the decision-making process. We just got a whole host of things that we're going to talk about in that uh, hour and a half that we get have together or 30 minutes a day for three straight days. So um, I'm not asking you to set aside, you, you know, uh, an entire day. I'm saying, look, I need you for 30 minutes on Friday the 13th. I need you for 30 minutes on Saturday the 14th. And I need you for 30 minutes on <laughs> Sunday the 15th. And so uh, we're going to be doing that on Facebook. It's going to be on my business page, which is a uh, Randall Dobbins dash business partner blueprint or uh, at business partner blueprint. That's one word at business partner blueprint with the at sign. You can put that in the search field in Facebook and you can get there quickly enough. And uh, for more information, you can go to www.corporatecontracts101.com. That's uh, and you can input your your email there. And we'll send to you notes to keep you update on on uh, on uh, the event when we go live and some other other special announcements that we have to go with that. But in the meantime, and, and, and I want you to be there. So write it down. September 13th, 14th and 15th. Write it down. Corporate Contracts 101.com free training um, on, on landing your first contract. But anyways. Beyond that, uh, go to www.blueprintpros.com and get on our email list to stay up to date on new uh, podcast episodes and other exciting news. Or leave me a message. Let me know what you think. And if there are other topics you want me to cover, who knows? I may feature your comment in an upcoming episode. And by all means, please share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. And um, that's it for today. This is Randall Dobbins, and I'll see you on the other side.